The Lord be with you. A reading of the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When the days for Jesus being taken up were fulfilled, he resolutely determined to journey to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him. On the way, they entered a Samaritan village to prepare for his reception there, but they would not welcome him because the destination of his journey was Jerusalem. When the disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to consume them? Jesus turned and rebuked them, and they journeyed to another village. As they were proceeding on their journey, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus answered him, Foxes have dens and birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to rest his head. And to another he said, follow me. But he replied, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. But he answered him, let the dead bury the dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me say farewell to my family at home. Jesus said to him, No one who sets a hand to the plow and looks to what was left behind is fit for the kingdom of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning. And good morning to everybody watching on our live stream this morning. I, I know... My parents are always watching before they go off to the next Mass, and several of my family members and friends in different states are, are watching, and most of them are probably going to be able to say what I'm about ready to talk to you about this morning in line with the living Word of God. Uh, Richard, that's you. <laughs> You're the one who's done that. And what I want to just kind of lead into this homily about is, is for each one of us just kind of in our heart... Think of a moment, maybe it hasn't happened to you in this life. If it hasn't happened, you're special. Please come and talk to me later. <laughs> but maybe it has, and it's, have you ever found yourself in one of those situations? Even the children know what I'm talking about, what I'm about ready to say. Found yourself in one of those situations where either you're the one dishing it out, or you're the one receiving it, and it's called finger pointing you know kind of the stuff on the playground like well, well, well he did it or no no he she did it you know the type of stuff in the adult world that can kind of happen in corporate America I had my little little bit of time outside of New York City working as a project manager IT project manager you go to meetings and sometimes you're the recipient of the finger pointing he's at fault he fell through in the project or at times, at times, and we can dish that out, and we know in our hearts of hearts that, you know what, we just kind of pointed the finger at someone else, but it's kind of, when I ever point one out, there's three pointing back at me. Those moments where we just kind of lack some ownership. Sometimes I know in, in corporate America, there was also, you had these different moments where someone would come in a meeting, and they'd say stuff like, you know what, there's no communication around here. There's no communication around here. Oftentimes that is code word for 
You didn't include me. You didn't ask my opinion. I feel left out. So there can be finger pointing in those little situations. It can happen in a family life. I know my parents are there scratching their head probably online saying, Oh, Richard, that was you with your other five siblings. Finger pointing. She didn't take out the trash. It's not my turn to to set the table. He started it. She started it. They messed with my Legos, mom and dad. These are my Legos, and she went into my room. Finger pointing. Think of a moment in your life where maybe you encountered this. Maybe recent. Maybe in childhood. The invitation for us this morning, each one of us from our beloved Lord, because it wasn't just meant for Elijah and Elisha and all the apostles, and but it's been passed down through generation through generation through the Holy Spirit where something greater than the cloak of Elijah has been thrown over us. The Holy Spirit has been poured out on us. Romans 5.5 5. Hope does not disappoint. For the love of God has been poured out on us through the Holy Spirit. So two words. Two words and imitation from our Lord through the Holy Spirit to you personally and to me. And it's every minute of every moment, every day of our life. And our God is the God of the present, so we don't need to worry about the future or get all hung up in the past. Because he's looking at you and I right now, and you're here. We're here together in his presence. And he's simply saying, follow me. Follow me. Let us be Followers of Jesus Christ and not finger pointers. Followers of Jesus Christ and not finger pointers. And when we think of our Heavenly Father having sent His only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, into the world, not to condemn the world, but to redeem it, Jesus said very clearly, whoever sees me sees the Father. And so it's through as if it were a window into the sacred heart of Jesus that we can come to know this God who loves us and not only us, not only us, but every single human being walking the face of the earth. As St. Paul says in his second reading, when he speaks about treat others as you would want to be treated, When he speaks about to that early Christian community, watch yourself now. St. Paul's saying, watch yourself now because if you're not careful, there's going to be this inroad stuff, and it's going to be stuff that's going to get in there and it's going to divide you, and, 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 it's, and you're not going to be a witness to the world of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. They will know that you are my disciples, Jesus said, by your love for one another. Follow me. Follow me, Jesus says to us. I want you to follow me and not 
be a finger pointer Richard. I'll tell you when I'm guilty the most of being a finger pointer. And I'm not trying to make a joke here, but it's true if I don't watch myself. Most often when I'm by myself. Go out and play around the golf. It's the sand trap's fault. It's the tree's fault. It's the lake that my ball went in fault. Finger pointing to the circumstances, finger pointing to others or whatever. And if we're not careful, that can create this ocean of passions where it flows over into the people that are around me. Where it's just a train wreck of a round of golf. And I'm not about talking about golf all the time, but I like playing that at time because it helps me try to control my passions and to say, Woo! Why are you finger pointing at that? Let's look at the living word of God. Old Testament to the new. In the very beginning, Adam and Eve, what happened? Eve took the apple. Gave it to Adam. What did Adam do? He finger pointed back at Eve. She gave it to me. He gave it to me. The devil, the evil one from the beginning, loves it. If he can create a wedge and create division and lack of unity. He loves it if he can sit back and watch people finger point. And he loves it most of all in religious communities. I know the missionaries of charity, they're here with us. They don't finger point. They're missionaries of charity, not to pull them out, but they're beautiful community of love. But in religious community or in your domestic church or in your parish, it can be all this. Finger pointing. In the scriptures, we see countless accounts of Jesus with his intimate apostles and others. In the gospel today, James and John, they were given the title Sons of Thunder. They wanted to call down fire, and Jesus rebuked them. They were walking through Samaria. Samaria was a town of a bunch of unfaithful people who were not faithful to the law And if you walk through that town, most Jews going to Jerusalem walked around that town. They were unclean. The Samaritan woman at the well, we all know the story. She came to the well in the middle of the day because of the life that she was living. Nobody wanted to be around her, but Jesus ran to her, met her at the well, and said, give me something to drink. And his apostles come back. And in their heart, they must have been finger-pointing at Jesus and say, you don't do that. It's a Samaritan, it's a woman, and if you knew how she was living, you wouldn't be at the well doing this. Aren't you hungry, Lord? And Jesus said, I have food to eat that you do not know. My will is to do the will of my heavenly Father. We know Jesus knew the heart of his apostles and his intimate followers, as he knows ours. You remember the story of them walking on the road? They're walking on the road and he's out in front and he gets back to the house and he goes, what were y'all talking about along the way? Ooh. They kind of held back a little bit. He said, no, 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 what were y'all talking about? What were y'all arguing about? About who's going to be the greatest? James and John, why do you want to sit at my right and left? Why do you have your mom coming up to me and asking if you can sit at my right and right and left? That's not mine to give, James and John. But can you drink the cup that I will drink? Oh, of course we can. No idea that James was going to be the first apostle to be thrown off the parapet of the temple 
and be a martyr. John had no idea that he was going to die of a white martyrdom, a white martyrdom, and watch all the other apostles die for the faith. You don't know what you're asking for. It's not mine to give for you to sit in my left and right, but my cup, yes, you will drink. What happens after that? Argument. Argument amongst the apostles. You remember the story of blind Bartimaeus on the roadside in Jericho? Where he's sitting there begging the people? Jesus, son of David, have pity on me, a sinner. The crowd, be quiet. He cried out later, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me, a sinner. Be quiet. The crowd was finger pointing at him. Jesus broke through the crowd and went to him and said, what do you want of me? He said, I want to see. And he healed him. Remember the story of the person who was crippled for the vast majority of their life at the pool of Siloam? For those of you who've watched the Chosen series, you know what I'm talking about. It's well depicted in there. At the pool of Siloam was a place where the pagans went. The faithful Jews did not go there. And Jesus went to the pool of Siloam because he knew the heart of that person who had suffered for years. Works his way through a crowd and gets up to him and says, hey, do you want to be healed? What does he say? He finger points. He finger points. He says, there, everybody here gets in before me. I didn't. Jesus saying, time out. Let me ask this question to you. I'm not worried about them. Do you want to be healed? He says, yes, Lord. And Jesus healed him. He healed him. He stopped the finger pointing and he looked at Jesus and said, just heal me. And he healed him. But what happened? What happened? The Pharisees, with arms crossed, the pure, the religious leaders looking out there, finger pointing. And ultimately, everybody for Jesus, finger pointing. Crucify him. Crucify him. The other day, yesterday, I was. Walking after a beautiful wedding yesterday, it was beautiful, the couple prepared so well, it was awesome, and I'm walking back to the rectory for a little break before the five o'clock mass last night, and I go past the playground out there, and there's a dad there with his three children, and they're playing, they're having a good time, he says, hey, Father Richard, how you doing? I said, great, went up and started talking to him, and he goes, yeah, my wife's in there going to confession, because we have the confessions on Saturday night, three to five, and then uh, four to six, uh, we have them on Friday, and so she was in confession, he goes, you know, we, we, we like to we like to come here for confession, but Father, I hope it's okay. We're not from this parish. And I said, that's all right. It's great that you're here. Jesus wants to heal you through that. And while he was talking to me, his kids were picking up wood chip and wah, throwing at each other. And his, the, the sister just capped the brother, bam, right on top of the head. And I was like, oh, that hurt. And the dad's like, children, you know, stop. Just stop for a second, you know, let me separate you. What does our Heavenly Father think? What does our Heavenly Father think as he looks out on us? 
It's not a judgment. Each one of us looking at our heart. Is there finger pointing? Or is there a solid response? I'll follow you, Lord, and I mean it. Imagine. Imagine if each one of us, I can't answer the question for you and you parents, as much as you want to love your children and guide your children, you really can't answer it for them. They have to answer it in their heart with a conversation with the Holy Spirit to offer a response. When God looks at us this morning and says, follow me. Imagine if each one of us went forth from this encounter with our Lord and just today, just today, strove to open up the ears of our heart to this call of Jesus to follow him. And we all strove to do that, first and foremost, in our domestic churches. Imagine how those yard games would be this afternoon. Imagine the service of husband and wife seeking the good of the other. Imagine the beauty in the home of the children honoring and respecting their parents, hearing the voice of Jesus through the Holy Spirit say, follow me. It's hard. You little ones, I've been there. It is extremely hard when you're fishing or whatever you're doing and that call comes. Dinner time! Dinner time! And it's like, I don't want to come. And then we go in late and we finger point to our friends. They made me stay longer. No. Let us open our hearts. Each one of us, myself included, let's open our hearts to our Lord right now. Open the ears of our heart and simply hear him say, follow me.